the Sonos Move is the best portable speaker I have ever owned. And I am not just being a shill here. It's too good to be called a portable speaker. It chews up and spits out its competition. It is high quality. I use the Move as both a stationary speaker and all around my house, garage, and my outdoor space. And I've dropped the crap out of it. Regular portable speakers can't take hits like the Move. Not sure I should be saying this, but I dropped it down the stairs. Maybe I should be saying this. I'd be happy to get a second. Actually, I don't need a second. Even Sonos states, don't worry about accidental drops or bumps. Move's components are protected by a hard-wearing, shock-resistant case. And my system with one I take around my place is working very well. I use my Move as a stationary speaker a lot. It hangs out on the charging base. I love that I don't have to plug in a charging cord. It has an 11-hour battery life, no joke. It works with all streaming services, the Sonos app or AirPlay, Bluetooth, Amazon Alexa, and Google Assistant. I'm too lazy to be looking for new music, so I have really loved the Sonos radio option. Some of my favorite stations are Rare Grooves, Hip Hop Archive, or just keeping it mainstream. If you're in the move, go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. Stepping on the beach, the only place to read your emails and your tweets. It's Wednesday, September 2nd. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here live, as always, we got Taz Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Taz. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! hey yo. Hey-o! We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <clears throat> and last but not least, making this magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, back-to-back jacks here on a Wednesday. Hopefully you've already listened and downloaded our dunks, no dunks, I'm trying to say, daily (laughs) podcast. Can't keep them all track here. I just want to know what you guys have gotten up to over the last two hours since we last talked. Anything? Got a lot done, man. Jump rope, (laughs) took a shower, made one big grilled cheese and a couple of micro cheeses, and then, you know, hopped on to talk ball with my buds. You made one big grilled cheese and then a couple micro grilled cheese? What the hell does that mean? (laughs) All right, so the first couple of slices and a loaf of bread, they're smaller, right? You got to use those up somehow. So, you know, use the butt end, cut it in half, fold it. You got a micro cheese. Second slice, it's not big enough. You got to make a little bit bigger micro cheese, and then you're into the heart of the bread. You're making full-size cheeses at that point. Okay, interesting. I watched uh, David Blaine hold on to a bunch of balloons and go way up in the sky. Ascension. Balloon Man. Yeah, Balloon Man. Wow, that was that was weird. Anyone else watch that? I shared the link with you guys. I don't know if anybody clicked on it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Did yeah, you? Yeah, I, uh, my mother-in-law actually sent me a link. You had sent it first, and then she mm. sent me a link and said, just click the photo. It's in Hebrew, but uh, don't worry. The video will pop up. And funny enough, it was the YouTube Live you of go. David Blaine just cruising in the air, just hanging out. 
Yes, he, he wasn't falling very fast, it didn't seem like. Or was that, well, is that... I think it was just the camera trick, sort of. I mean, he was skydived from 25,000 feet. Uh, is that what you mean? Like that part? When he was falling in the when air? When he was descending, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I know what you mean, because it didn't look like, yeah like, a, yeah, like a speeding bullet, but I assume he was dropping at that. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah. It's it was just, just strange. Yeah, it was strange. I guess uh, our, uh, our... Everything is very large. Everything is just very big. <laughs> what you a know? start to this. You know? We're talking you, micro you... grilled cheeses and big world with David Blaine. A, yeah, thanks, David Blaine. You're the Hey, 600-something thousand live viewers when I dipped in. I'd like to see the same for this no-dunk stream right now. Mm, sure. Was, well, Lee, come on. We're going to need you to hold on to some balloons and get up in the air. <laughs> Go for a float, mate. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I've just been watching Scooby-Doo, actually. So uh, I think I had a pretty fun little break between podcasts. So, yeah, Scooby still holds up. Great really? show. Yeah. Okay, this is the old Scooby. The old Scooby. Is, yeah, I mean, the kids do prefer the new Scooby, but when I have control of the remote control, we go on old school Scooby with uh, Casey Kasem in charge of Shaggy. He's the best Casey. He's the best Shaggy by far. We're going old Scoob in this house. All right. Keep it old Scoob. Uh, email us your questions, nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc or use the hashtag nodunks. All right, let's get to the cues. We got another, uh, what, nine or ten great ones here. Yeah, we got a great batch. Forgot, forgotten stars, NBA names, addictions, Australian Santa Claus coming up. Who says no trade? Uh, first one, though. Hey, no dunks. Longtime listener, first time questioner. If LeBron were to retire at the end of these playoffs, who would, in your opinion, become the new face of the league? There's so much talent in the league right now. Who will take that mantle and attract those audiences after LeBron steps down? Thanks. That's from Paulie G in Toronto, friend of the program. Paulie G in Toronto or Scarborough on a boat somewhere. Paulie G, <laughs> thanks for sending that baby in. So who's taking the mantle from LeBron? Because he is clearly, despite all the talk and all the stars, he is still the face of the league right, right now. Yeah, that's fair. So who takes it? If, if LeBron were to step down after this season, which we don't think will happen, he's going to stick around, play with Bronny Jr. We all know that. But... Um, I guess, like, you would immediately go, why wouldn't it be Giannis, right? Uh, being the MVP, two-time MVP, also Defensive Player of the Year. But it, it, there's something that he's not there yet. Maybe he never will be the face of the league. Maybe I'm wrong. Feels like Luka's more likely, if I'm being honest, than, uh, than Giannis um, to be the face of the league. They'll all throw a, throw a, you know, a chip in for Kevin Durant. Could KD, if he comes back, and the Nets are suddenly title contenders, and maybe they even go on to win it. I think he would be on the short list. I know you're going to say, well, what about Kawhi? Eh, no. I mean, Kawhi maybe is the best player in the league on both ends, but uh, I don't think he's the face of the league. So I guess I'm making a case for a sort of a Luka, maybe a KD, and then, you know, you could convince me, it's Giannis. If you're a two-time MVP, why wouldn't you be? Well, what do you think, Trey? The only other guy I would throw in, because that's a pretty great list, and... Uh, the Kevin Durant pick is similar to the guy I'm throwing in, Steph Curry, when he comes back. Sure. Is he still going to be in the mix for it? You know, he was the face of the league there for 2015, 2016, basically. And then Kevin Durant joined him, and we all know what happened uh, with the Warriors. But, yeah, I mean, both of those are, guys are going to be coming back from injury. They're both MVP-level players who now have their own team, uh, for lack of a better word. Obviously, yeah. KD will get the Brooklyn bump being in New York now, and Curry has the team back to himself, and everybody was looking forward to that coming into this season. He was a trendy MVP pick coming into 1920. So you think maybe the same will be true, but I guess it will depend on if the Warriors are as good as the Warriors were before Kevin Durant 
even showed up. If that's the case, I think Curry's in the mix. Yeah, that's mm. good. I, I actually, I'll be honest, I had completely forgotten about he Steph Curry. He didn't play Curry. much this year. No, yeah. I, t- I, I totally drew a blank on that one. That's good. Curry, Durant, yeah, maybe a Luka, Giannis. Lee, what do you think? Uh, I was probably leaning towards Luka. I, I think uh, he's got the appeal and he's got the charm and he's still liked. You know, I think that's the one knock on Kevin Durant is I <laughs> right. think people... People have kind of gone off Kevin Durant. Now, he can reclaim that because LeBron, when he went to Miami, people hated him and he won. And then I was like, oh, no, we actually do love you. So I think you can have that redemption. But I think right now, Kevin Durant has just been out of the out for so long. We've forgotten about him and he's gone to another team. We need to see him back on the court and winning again. And it's a sim- similar with Steph Curry in the sense that he hasn't. It feels like we haven't seen him play for so long because... You know, the Warriors this year, he was out for most of the season and the Warriors just haven't played. So I think Steph has got the boyish looks. He's got the MVPs. He's got the, uh, you know, he's got the titles and things like that. And I think he's more liked, of course, than than Kevin Durant. So it could be one of those guys. But I think I think it's going to be Luca's league within, you know, five years or something like that if he continues to play the way that sure. he has. Because... Uh, you know, everyone loves Luca right now, and he's a superstar on the court. So he's got the he's got all the sort of tools you need to do that. Um, and we're seeing a couple of guys like Kevin Durant's thirty two. I think Steph's around that same age. So those guys are sort of starting to get on to that second stage of their career as well. Um, whereas Luca's on the rise still. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Durant can be the face of the league at this point. I think part of what makes you be the face of the league is you. Yeah, you have to have the personality and you have to win. And Kevin Durant's had the winning in the past, but he's just, if it's not happening now, I just don't think it's happening. And I like, I like looking out a few years from now because I think you can go a couple years without having a face of the league. I I think that that happens. Like when Jordan retired in 98, Tim Duncan won the next year. He was never a face of the league. It just, it took a a couple years, I think, till Shaq was able to take that, that throne. Uh, and, And I think, even though we had the conversation a couple of years ago, I think on the starters when Giannis was ascending and a lot of us thought that he could be there and he definitely can. He's got the winning and the personality to do it. I think it's a little tougher for more of a dunker uh, to, to do that in today's day and age to be able to create a shot on his own. I mean, he is a little bit more of a hybrid. Like he is sort of a ball handler, but he is a ball handler. Pick it up at the free throw line, step, step. You know, it's just it's different now. Um, uh, so I think. I don't know. The last big man to, to be the face of the league was probably Shaq. Uh, and maybe Giannis can do it if he wins because he has the personality. But Zion, I think, is in that mix as well. Um, but it would be tough for him. I think I would I would go with Luka. But those three guys, to me, are sort of the next the next iteration. Because, yeah, Steph can do it. Um, but just the age. And he definitely was sharing it with LeBron. And I don't know. Can you be the face of the league and then come back and be the face of the league? Like, I guess. I guess. I, I guess, uh, I guess he, Jordan did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was special. Yeah. If, yeah. if Steph comes back and says, hey, I'm running this and we win it like two out of three championships. Sure. Yeah. yeah he could yeah. do it. But you got to you got to win and you got to have a marketable smile while doing it. Um, that's for sure. It's true. <laughs> Good question there, Polly G. Hope the boat's great. Weather must be beautiful <laughs> out there on the boat right now up in, up in the bluffs. All right, next one here. Hey, Yes Jumpers, watching all this bubble ball, I think I've noticed a concerning trend. Outside of a couple of easy dunks around the rim, we are seeing much less poster dunks. I'm sure you could chalk it up to the team's preference for three-pointers, but I think there's another answer. The No Dunks podcast. They saw your new name and they thought, this is what the people want. Even though this is all your fault again, I still love you guys. But if you had the ability to create a new trend in the NBA, what would it be? I would go for the double alley-oop, where a PG, a point guard, throws up the ball to a big, 
who jumps in the air and then sort of volleyball sets it by the rim for the point guard to come back and finish the dunk. So like a, a basketball-volleyball hybrid here. Too short, Lovecraft, Bozo Buckets. That's from Alex <laughs> in Rockford. So, uh, yeah, the first part there, he's saying there's less dunks, Tass. There's less poster dunks in the bubble ball setting here. I'm Is not he buying right? it. I'm not yeah. buying it. I don't think we have a lot of those in playoffs. Like, how many do you want? Hmm. I don't know. We've had two. We, uh, just Okay, so he's saying the bubble setting. He's saying here. the whole bubble, yeah. So we've had, uh, what? what is it, six weeks of bubble. Uh, Hasn't been a lot. He's not wrong. Like, There's yeah, not a lot of poster dunks. Like four and a half weeks. Yeah. How many poster dunks do you get? I don't know. I think, I think Alex, you're just, you're reaching. We had a similar question <laughs> to this earlier in the year about poster dunks and maybe the three-point shot limiting it because guys were not playing defense the same way, not playing, not protecting the rim the same way because they're so friggin' far. Uh, no, I'm not buying it, Alex. I just think I just think the game overall has reduced that um, just because they're so spread. So you see less of it. Let's get to the volleyball. That's cool. I like it. Uh, I think why not make it a header? Why not that second guy heads it up? You want to be the beautiful game? Just think about that. Think about how big the world is. And then think about that in soccer, they use their head to score. That's crazy. I think NBA players can do that. Just a, just a little push instead of the set, they could do that. Okay, that's not happening. Can you uh, legally what, do that? Can I think you, you can. Yeah, you yeah. can use your head? Okay. Because you can't punch the ball. We know that. Yeah, no punching. But, okay. You can head. Not, fair. Let's check. Let's check the Air Bud rules, Trey. Is there anything <laughs> anything in the rules? There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't headbutt a basketball into the hoop. Play right. on. No, I right. think so. I don't think so at all. Uh, I think video reviews, whatever they're doing in the bubble, I'm not going to get into it like crazy, like where they're watching these video reviews, but they're shorter, are they not? They got to keep that up. Oh, I don't know. That's... Wow. Yeah. In comparison to regular season, it feels uh, like the I, review I, I, is way shorter. I, I, maybe maybe I'm being Alex and I'm just seeing things through rose-colored yeah, glasses. Yeah. I wouldn't here. say I they're short. They don't feel nah. shorter to me, nah. man. Wow. I, 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 don't I still don't understand what sometimes takes quite so long with some of those reviews, man. Like Because we got to hear from Steve Javi. He yeah, might that, disagree with the official's call. Well, oh, wait, that never happens. Yeah. Well, sometimes Mike Breen will cut him off and say, hey, hey, we got to listen to this referee yeah. speaking through his, Yeah, I like that. Because the there, there are some times where it's hard to tell. Okay, sometimes. But there are other times where it's as clear as day what happened. And we seem to be just looking at the same re- replay for honestly like two or three minutes. And yeah. I'm like, what, what are they waiting for here? Come on, man, move it along. That's the one thing about uh, basketball. And, and, you know, in in most sports these days are trying to find a way to sort of cut out the unnecessary delays. And the NBA needs to do a better job of that, I think, because it is frustrating even for fans who, you know, like hardcore fans like us. And I'm like, come on, man, you don't need more reviews. We can see what happened. And if you don't know, just go with the referee's uh, call originally, because uh, I just find it I just find it maddening sometimes in those last couple of minutes, because any time the ball goes out now, you see the little twirl oh, of the I finger. Know. It's like, you know, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you're rightly, like, we'll have, like, one of these incidences, and then you know it's bad when, like, B.A. or Spiro or whoever yeah. on the call goes, well, that's going to be Raptors ball. Yeah. But then they still take two or three minutes uh, to yeah. look at it. And, like, they're right. It's like, okay, that was pretty obvious. He was out of bounds or whatever. And, yeah, they still go through the motions. And Trace talked about it before. They got to reset the clock to the right thing and get all that right. <laughs> Get rid of it. I'm with you. It's, it's just slowing the game down. Oh, wow. 
you guys, um, you guys uh, made me think about it differently. I thought they were quick. I thought they were fast, but maybe that's because I fast forward through them. I'm banking. Oh, um, that's bank why. Well, no, for I'm not, sure. I, then. Yeah, they're definitely faster when you fast forward. Through them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I want to throw this one thing. I, uh, Joel Kimmel, longtime fan of the show, sent this suggestion. We've talked about jump ball, jump balls before. How they're imperfect when refs throw it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just hit or miss. It's just so hard. Yesterday. Joe Ingles was starting on the opposite side of the floor. Like he wasn't part of the jump ball, but while they were jumping mid court, opening tip, I don't. Uh, he was on the other side of the floor, like on the opposing side. I don't even know the rules with the jump ball. Anyway, uh, I think you, Joel Kimball suggested this, and it's a good idea: a cylindrical device, like a basketball cannon, that's sort of underneath the two jumpers. Yeah, you just push a button. It's the exact same height each and every time. Right. And you're able to push it out on wheels. Have we talked about this before? It well, feels like it. I like to get bit, get yeah. it out of there, or it could be handheld if it's not on wheels. I don't think it really gets in the way of, uh, you know, like a quick ten foot. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't need to make an explosion sound, but uh, I think it could work. Yeah, like a like a bit bigger than a Roomba or something like that. Like <laughs> you can place there, and the ball can sort of go in it, and it's like engaged yeah. somehow, and then it fires it up. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we maybe have talked about some idea like that before, but I, I like shoot, that. Just shoot for it. I think. From now on, change it. Anytime there's a jump ball, yeah. All right, someone Damn, shoot that'd for be it. Good. That'd be fun, too. Yeah. And what, is it the two players who are involved in the jump ball, or you're picking a guy? Two players involved in the jump ball. Someone, you know, shoot just, all right, you shoot for it, you make it. And it's not like if you make it, the other guy gets a chance to make it as well. It's like, first yeah. one to make it, that's your ball. Let's go. Yeah. It's like the XFL running to grab the ball off the ground. Mm. Yeah. Sort of, you know, yeah, like yeah. the two guys. Like, they that's how that. The- yeah. <laughs> All right. Mark is smart winning every jump ball. Yeah. <laughs> any other uh, trends, Trey or, or Lee, that you, you guys want to throw out there? You'd like to well, see? Stan Van Gundy mentioned during a game that they didn't have the Euro step back in the day, that they didn't have it in the 90s. Now, clearly they did. Sarunas Marshallonis invented it years and years ago in the 90s, but I do agree with him. Back in the day, we were learning pro hops, and I think they need to bring the pro hop back because I feel like an idiot for spending entire summers learning how to do this move, only to see it immediately <laughs> jumped over by the Eurostep. You're like, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad I wasted two summers of my childhood learning how to land on two feet when I could have been going back and forth, back and forth. Bring back the pro hop is what I'm saying. Okay. Wow, yeah, that's a classic for sure. You're right. That was a, that had a big moment there for a little bit, especially around our <laughs> Totally. Age. Yeah, you got to yeah. power through, man. Yeah. What do you got, Lee? Anything? Mine's not a game trend, but I think the coaches should be just in the more casual attire from now on. I think they look fine on the side there. We don't need a jacket and a tie to coach a basketball game. Just have the, uh, the nice outfits that they're wearing. Quinn Snyder looks great. He doesn't even wear socks. A few of them actually haven't been wearing socks, I don't think, out there. I just think it's time to move up. Like, we, we don't need to have... <laughs> guys in jackets and ties when they're coaching basketball put them in the uh golf shirts they look great i don't i mean i'll push back a little bit on that not all the times have they looked great in this bubble who doesn't look great who doesn't i would say quinn snyder's looked like garbage a couple Sly, of times i'd say he yeah. looks pretty cool man little i'd say a little tight yeah, yeah. but i i think we need to loosen restrictions on the sidelines there and uh let the players wear whatever they want and have the coaches dress more casually let's uh, have some more fun we don't you're not going to the office you go to a basketball game, so you know well, it is their job. Yeah, yeah but that is their office. But they're not going to a little cubicle to sit behind the statue on the computer like that. <laughs> they're there to coach basketball, man. Look, yeah, like it's a much better look. I think it's just. I just think this is something that the, the NBA should adopt. Make it cooler. 
<sighs> you like how Belichick looks on the sidelines? No, 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 no. But that, well, what, I mean... But that's so what, he takes it different. too far? Too casual for you? No, but that that's like, he's looking sort of sloppy on the sides there. He looks like he doesn't care at all. I think the NBA knows their coaches are way more fashionable, way more cool looking. <laughs> no, they, they're worried that someone like you is going to be a coach and they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm just wearing my flippy floppies, mate. I'm just extra casual. Tell you, man, I, I'm, if I'm ever a coach, I'm not wearing a tie. I'm doing the turtleneck like Stan Van or, uh, or uh, Popovich or someone like that. I mean, come on, you don't need a jacket. Do you? To coach a basketball game. Come on, man. You don't really need a jacket in life. I mean, but we have mm. them. Like if you're getting married, <laughs> jacket, sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one instance is where we have jackets. Otherwise, married. no jackets. Mm. <laughs> I actually thought of this because I saw our Raptors crew, friends of the program, Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong calling from a little tiny, what, what really is a cubicle in yeah. a production truck, uh, watching on monitors from Toronto. And Matt Devlin, keeping a professional, was wearing a suit jacket. Do you need to wear a suit jacket when you're on a little truck like that? Jack Armstrong, I don't think he was wearing a suit jacket. Jack was keeping it free, <laughs> just dressed a dress dress shirt, uh, having a miller, perhaps. Uh, but Guinness, I, he's a, he'd be a Guinness man, wouldn't he, Jack? I think. Uh, yeah. I don't think he would turn turn anything down. <laughs> Jack's a good man. Uh, All right, next one here. Hey, no dunk squad. Who is your starting five for players who are money one step in from the three-point line? One step in from the three-point line. Not a three-point shooter. Got to get in. Players such as Russell Westbrook and Kevin Garnett come to mind as players who are not the greatest three-point shooters. But one step in, cash, money, records. Who are some other players that are like this that you would include in a starting five? Love everything you guys do. Turn up for change. Black Lives Matter. Equality is awesome. That is from... Justin in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. He also adds Go Beantown Boys. <laughs> Get out of here, Beantown Boy. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, well, this is a, this is a good one. I, uh, I sort of threw down a few names and then I ended up with about 10. So uh, I'm going to try to par it down to sort of five, but okay. I'll probably end up with more than that. Um, because, because you know, he, he's talking about, you know, guys who aren't great three-point shooters. I mean, Chris Paul is a, is a much improved three-point shooter. But I think when he's in that little step or so in, he's 100%, it feels like he makes of those shots. So I'm going to put him in there uh, as, the, uh, as the point guard. Then I've got Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi, uh, we saw against the, uh, the Mavericks there. Like that, when he's a foot inside there, he doesn't even dribble. He just knocks that shot in. It's not the, uh, statistical, uh, the statistical love affair right now with that mid-range shot, but Kawhi's money with it. Uh, KG from the top of the paint, one foot inside. He was, the guy I mentioned there in his email, I mean... He used to knock those down all the time like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of got him as, you know, like I've got three three front court players here. Uh, Charles Oakley, former Raptor and Nick. I remember from the, the sort of top of the key there, just inside, that was cash. He would never miss that shot there. Uh, and then another guy, another forward, power forward, is Lamarcus Aldridge, I think. Uh, he's perfected that, that mid-range game as well. So, um, yeah, those are the sort of main guys that I... Uh, I, uh, I I picked out. I've got Antonio McDyess. I don't know if any of you remember him. Oh yeah, in his, in his later days, uh, he's knocked those in. And Tony Parker as well. He became he became an assassin in the mid range as well. So uh, yeah, there you go. There's my sort of seven. I don't know how many I get to seven or eight. You know, couple of back court, couple of front court. There's a team and put, we'll put a coach on the sideline, put him in a polo, and call it a day. Sure. Anyone else? Anyone else to add there? I think Kevin Garnett is the best because because the question was one step in, not yeah. even mid-range. So, like, you know, I thought of Elton Brand. Uh, he is 
was money from that area, but I like I like pulling it back, like right inside that three point. I think Carlos Boozer could be added to the, oh, nice the team. He was he was squeaking it out there, mm-hmm. or or a Brandon Bass perhaps, but maybe he's even a little too close in. But uh, yeah, people like this question. People love debating it on the internet. Uh, I, there's some there's a billion names out there. I can go on and on. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you've got them, Garnett is a Garnett is a great one though. You're right. I because, think he's like, the best. He could have. They say by all accounts. He very easily could have taken a step back and hit it down with great consistency, probably. Um, you know, it's not going to change much. He's a giant. He's got great shooting mechanics. But it was just like a different time, right? You're the big guy. You know, you're not firing away from three out there. But he could do it in practice and, you know, like left and right. So it's like how many more points does he accumulate? doesn't end up mattering. He's still a Hall of Famer, so it doesn't really matter. But he, that's a great one, KG, I think. Yeah. Well, who else you got? Uh, I'll just throw these names. Damar. Mm. Yeah. See, know. like, uh, yeah, we're yeah. looking at the question a little differently when we're bringing up, like, yeah, like Demar's Demar, too much of know? a shooting guard. Like, yeah. he he can go anywhere on the floor. It's it's like that's the only place he really hits shots. Is I think the essence of this question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, Louis Scola is sort of in that range, uh, but probably too much of the mid range. And Timmy Duncan, yeah, yeah. People went overboard. I went overboard. <laughs> I went overboard. I went overboard on that one. The only one I'm throwing in is Al Horford. He pushed his range back, but when he came in, he was a, a top-of-the-key, heels-on-the-line kind of guy. Right. Now he shoots threes, just yeah. like everybody. Just like everybody, right. I mean, Brooke Lopez became one of the greatest three-point shooters like in the league, and he like, <laughs> didn't shoot one for six years. Now, what do you think the reason is? That he actually never shot one in practice? Probably not. It was probably you know like, hey, we're not doing that, man. Cool, you can knock ten down in a row in practice. We're not doing that in the game. Until eventually someone said, hey, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. All right, next one here. Dear No Dunks, Game 5 of the Portland-LA series was the first time in a while I heard about Blazers guard Anthony Simons. After all the preseason hype and talk of being untouchable, I would think now they would sooner let him go than Gary Trent Jr. Hmm. So my question, can you think of any other scenarios in which one player didn't live up to his preseason hype and he may have even been surpassed by a teammate that wasn't thought to be in the mix? Drink pee, stay hydrated, awesome. (laughs) That's from Rob in Hamilton, Ontario. The hammer. Uh, we got Canada coming through here with the questions today. Again, I'd like to point out, don't go drinking your pee. Um, I know Lee <laughs> talked about it, but we do not encourage that here on No Dunks. But <laughs> what do you got for this, Trey? Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, okay, a throwback name for the early basketball internet fellas and ladies. Rodrique Bobois. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. Rodrique Bobois? Mark Cuban, after about half of his first season, came out and said, there's only one or two guys I would trade him for. He's untouchable. Oh, yeah. Rodrigue Bobois. A couple of weeks later, he scored 40 in a game. We're like, Mark Cuban is a genius. <laughs> Unfortunately, the next summer, Bobois broke his foot. And then from then on, it was just kind of picking up little knickknack injuries here and there. And he never really did much in the NBA. He's had a successful career overseas since, but like... I was in on Rodrigue Bobois. Once Mark Cuban said he was untouchable, then he hit us with the 40-piece. You're thinking, this is legit. He was like, what, 6'2", 6'3". He had a massive wingspan. He was the fastest guy on the court. You're like, this is a perfect mix. With Dirk Nowitzki, obviously, uh, the Mavericks won the title next year, but Bobois didn't even get a ring because he wasn't on the court. And it's really weird to think that he was on the same team as J.J. Barea. You didn't really think much of J.J. Barea back then, but that guy's become a Mavs legend. He did win a title with Dirk. He went to Minnesota for a little bit, then came back, and now it feels like he's going to play for the next 15 years, even though he's already getting up there in age. Are they going to retire J.J. Barea's number eventually in Dallas? I don't know, but uh, 
I don't know, man. Honestly, they, they love around for They do love him. They do I love absolutely him. Yeah, love but him. But like uh, back in the day, it was like Rodrigue Bobois. This yeah. guy might be incredible. Didn't get much from him. Got excited for a little bit. But J.J. Barea has stuck around 10 years later, still playing. Yeah, I don't really have uh, the guy that maybe surpassed him, but you talking about Bobois made me think of Dante Exum. Oh, man. And, yeah. like, just sort of how high we're all on Dante Exum. Like, oh, yeah, it's there. You can see it. And, you know, the injuries played a huge part, but it just never, like, never materialized there, Lee. But I remember we were, everybody was high. You know, you don't, you don't trade Dante Exum. No, he's the future. And yeah. so he's sort of Bobois-like, but not that anyone really passed him there like a Berea. But who you got? Yeah. Well, the Jazz did give him that contract extension, yeah. too. They, they kind of believed in him, but then uh, eventually they, they had to give him up for Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, it's a tough one there with Dante because he was – so big for Australia in the uh, like under twenties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was their best player, and uh, hopefully he's he can still figure it out. He's still fairly young, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have an answer other than um, a couple of years ago, going into the Brooklyn Nets season, we wondered like what's what's going on with D'Angelo Russell, and Karis LeVert was uh, like playing well, but then he got injured, and then D'Angelo Russell came in and made an All Star game. Remember that was actually only last calendar year he made mm-hmm. the all-star game with back in february of 2019 it feels like just so much of the world has changed since then but so it's kind of like d'angelo i don't think many people would have thought would have had that good a season coming in to overtake uh, other players on the brooklyn nets to become an all-star but but injuries did also play a part which sort of opened the door a little bit for him there so yeah he's my answer it's good that's a good answer you got one to ask i had rodrigue Bobois written down as well the french guard um I want to make a note about Dante Exum. I'm yeah. pretty sure this happened. We interviewed him on summer in our summer league uh, yeah. show, and I think it was his birthday. And I think we gave him a cake on his birthday. We did. That's pretty neat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what, he, did he keep it? He must have cool. kept it. I believe that yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, mm. One of the finer moments of his career. I, I, I think. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. Getting a cake from us. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. Good, great comments out here. Uh, Nelson V here, Anthony Randolph. A lot of guys that were definitely mm-hmm. the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like they were coming. Uh, Stromile Swift is a guy that I think of when I think of uh, the next ones. So, <laughs> Ramon uh, Sessions was there like that for about three seasons in a row, it felt like. Mm-hmm. You know, because he, 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 uh, he had those really good end of seasons where I think yeah. he had a 40 and a 20 uh, game. It was like, oh, man, Sessions. He, but then he just never quite, uh, never quite figured things out. Was he even on a roster this year, maybe? I don't know. He seemed to hang around for a long so. time. No, great yeah. question. I have no yeah. idea where he is if he's on the roster. He every now and again would just keep popping up. It was a bit like DJ Augustine. It's like, man, he still just like finds his way to someone else's team and yeah. uh, performs okay. Yeah, DJ's a starting point guard on a yeah. playoff team, so <laughs> yeah. he's all right. Uh, those are good, good answers and uh, good uh, YouTube comments there too, or good answers in the YouTube chat, so good stuff. All right, next one here, Tess. It feels like DJ Augustine was their starter, but Markel Fultz was their starter, was he not? Did DJ come uh, off the bench? I, I think DJ, DJ started. started, yeah. Whew. That's tough. Markel Fultz could be the answer to this question. Uh, mm. All right, next one. Hey, ND crew. I was talking to a friend of mine who is a big hoops fan like I am. We got to talking about shooting stroke and style. After we went through a few shooters, I mentioned Eddie Jones. I have always loved the way he got way high up before releasing. My friend then shocked me when he said, wait. Who's Eddie Jones? I totally thought he was joking. Then I realized he was serious. This is a guy who loves basketball. He was way into that era. Earlier in the conversation, we were talking about the Lakers. He had mentioned Nick Van Exel, but he forgot Eddie freaking Jones. I had to show him YouTube clips for him to finally remember. 
not sure if I'm crazy or if it's just because I'm a Laker fan or if my friend just sucks, <laughs> but how do you forget Eddie Jones? Who is someone from NBA history that will always be a star to you, but some people may not remember because they weren't actually a huge star? It's a good question. Turn up. Love Eddie Jones. Awesome. Hmm. That's from Sean R. I wanted to answer first because I, too, do forget Eddie Jones at times. Um, <laughs> just because he's sort of in the in-between Lakers eras, you know, post-Magic, but pre-Shaq. Well, Shaq played with him a little bit, but pre-titles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just he's just good. I know he's sort of in that Michael Finley world for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember more as a Heat than a Laker, actually, uh, Eddie Jones. But so, so he's one. For, yeah, he's one for me. It's weird because he made multiple All Star teams too. Um, he was that good. But another guy, I think, sort of fits that sort of mold. Um, that he's he's forgettable is Zadrunas Ogaskis. But <laughs> I want to mention big men before they're extinct and before they're gone because uh, he was like Timofey Mozgov for LeBron before Timofey Mozgov because. LeBron played with Mozgov way back, way later, but Zydrunas Ogaskis was, yeah, the European guy who had a lot of touch. He made a couple all-star teams as well in the mid-2000s there, uh, which is definitely forgettable. Is sort of in that Eastern center spot, that Eastern Conference center spot where people are, you know, a lot of guys made because there was only, a, you know, a handful of great centers at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made the finals with LeBron. Um, just like Mozgov in 07. And then LeBron brought him over to the Heat as well uh, in 2010, 2011, his first year there. And they went to the finals and he lost. And then he retired. And he said, I'm done. Uh, I can't handle this anymore. He retired at about 36. So he was just one year too early uh, or else he would have won one. But Big Z, he was a really skilled dude. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he was from a bygone era as well, from the those sort of plotting center types. For sure. Uh, well, let me uh, get to the DJ Augustine thing here. I was thinking last year. You're right, Tass. He yeah. started last year for the entire season. This year he started a handful of games during the regular season, 13, but he came off the bench throughout the entire playoffs. You're right, Fultz was starting. So DJ, a bench player for a playoff <laughs> team. Still not bad. Better than Sessions. Um, you, said, you said Antonio McDice here already in this podcast, Lee. I'll go with Robert Pack. Mm-hmm. Who I just loved. Um, he's you know he's the the short explosive guard that has the highlights. He was good. Had you know some years here and there, but I think for the most part, unless you're opening up an old pack of basketball cards, an old Robert pack of basketball cards <laughs> with us uh, on Instagram, you probably have no really idea who he is. But I loved Pac Man. Well, well. Speaking of popping packs, when I had George Carl on, who uh, coached him in Seattle yeah. uh, or Denver, I guess. Well, where was it? Seattle, I guess. Um, he said Robert Pack won him a playoff game once. That mm. was uh, just how explosive he was. He had a quarter, kind of like Marcus Smart last night for the Celtics against the Raptors, okay. where he just caught fire. And he said, uh, "Yeah, that was the thing with Robert Pack. He could he could do that, but he just wasn't able to be consistent enough to sort of really." Uh, make a name for himself in the NBA outside of those little explosive moments. So that must have been in Denver. I don't think he played for the Sonics, if I yeah, remember yeah, correctly. But, um, but, 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 but George then, Carl been in Denver yeah, at that no, point? But, I don't know. Yeah, George Carl coached in Seattle until like 98, and then he mm. went to Milwaukee. Um, I can't, yeah, I don't know where it was. Anyway, I'll, I'll try to find it. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Who you got? Uh, for me, my answer is I, I sort of feel like I am the biggest Mitch Richmond fan out of the four of us, anyway, and I, and I think that he gets um, <laughs> I think he gets a little bit overlooked because you know he's a six time All Star, he's in the Hall of Fame, but people kind of use him as the like minimum entry to the Hall of Fame, and uh, and I think he was better than that, but I think because he spent 
his prime years in Sacramento, and then he went to Washington. Like those teams, he almost never made the playoffs with those teams after a really great start to his career in Golden State. And so it was kind of like I think people say, well, he was just putting up numbers on a on bad teams. But ultimately, I think Mitch Richmond was a better player than that. He was just, uh, you know, on Sacramento, he didn't have a whole lot of help. And um, so I, I think he's better, I think, than certainly like you three guys tend to sort of talk about him. Um, <laughs> so, you know. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. We all have our little favorites. And, and Mitch, I've definitely got a favoritism for because I loved him as a rookie there in Golden State. You know, they upset the Jazz and he won. He had like 28 points on the night he got the Rookie of the Year trophy. And, uh, you know, so that's the sort of a memory I have of him. And I was so I was so angry when he got traded for Billy Owens. I was like just furious. Um, but then he went on to, you know, he was an all-star game MVP. And I was like, ah, oh, there you go. And then he dribbled out the ball when the Lakers won the championship. So he, at the end of it, by the end of it, Mitch got everything. You know, yeah. a championship, got it all-star all. games, Hall of Fame. So I'm happy with that, but uh, I sometimes feel like people just kind of dismiss him a little bit more than they should. Way to go, Mitchie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you my picks later. <laughs> a little inside joke for us four right there. We're fine. JD knows that one even. Okay. Do, do you guys other? think um, Lamar Odom is a star? That's yeah. a question for me. Exactly. He seems like a star, right? Like he was, I would get asked about Lamar Odom at family gatherings because he crossed over into the mainstream when he was with Khloe Kardashian. Right. He was a huge media star. You know, if you were a Slam Magazine subscriber, it felt like you had known about Lamar Odom for five years before he ever made it to the NBA. He had a lot of hype. He had an incredible Slam cover. He was a sixth man of the year, but he never made an all-star team. He won a couple of titles. The season averages aren't that crazy, but he's, he feels like a guy who was a very important part of basketball during that era, just yep. being uh, part of the Slam Magazine generation, obviously. And I don't know, though. I think once you go back and look at what he actually did in his NBA career, he's probably not a guy that a lot of people are going to bring up 20 years from now, except for to say, there was this guy, Lamar Odom. He was amazing. Go check out some of his highlights. He did pull off the double loop once upon a time, right? Yeah. There was a long outlet pass. He catches it, throws it up between his legs to Darius Miles. Incredible stuff, incredible highlights, but he could have been the first Kevin Garnett. He could have been uh, a huge star like that, and he was a star, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good awesome one. answer. Yeah, that is a good one because he doesn't. If you went and checked his basketball reference page twenty years from now, you're not going to be blown away. You're just not. You'd be like, yeah, you look good. Oh yeah, okay. But he's, he was damn damn impressive. And then he's got all the weird stuff that has happened his post playing career, Certainly, which yeah. is true. Were they asking you about Chris Humphreys? Oh yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah there you yeah. go. Not for very long though. Only no. a couple of months. It turns out <laughs> it's like forty <laughs> days or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Any other answers for this? Well, one? I'll just jump in. I think I found the Robert Pack game. So I think it was for Denver <laughs> when George Carl was coaching Seattle in that game five. Oh, there you go. Where the Nuggets upset the Sonics. Robert Pack off the bench had twenty three points. Top scored for the Nuggets that day and three for five from downtown. So I'm pretty sure that's what he was referencing. He played thirty six minutes. In that uh, in that game, so yeah. Okay, so it was uh, he he did it to George Carl. Yeah, that, in, that in, makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, in the in the uh, series deciding game as well. So Pac Man, he's a star, man. He's yeah. a star. He got his own video he's game series yeah. out of it. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he's an assistant in Portland, I think, right now. I think. He's yeah, I think that's the bubble. Right. Mm. I think that's right. Uh, anything else, there, Tassie? Mm-mm. All right, let's keep it moving. But before we get to our next questions, a quick word from our sponsors. Guys, you know, these, uh, these ads, they've gotten a little bit out of control. Um, you know, tangents, 
veering off in every direction. It's turning into a bit of a tangled mess. A mound, if you will, of superfluous information <laughs> that, let's face it, could probably get trimmed. Wait, am I talking about live reads or my pubic hair? I guess I'm talking about both. <laughs> Trimming an ad read is hard, especially when it's live. Pubes, they're easy. Just use the Lawnmower 3.0 with its ceramic blade and skin-safe technology from Manscaped. Hey, by the way, don't get me wrong. I, uh, I could talk about personal grooming all day, and I love a good tangent. Mm-hmm. I love hearing about Lee's sexploits. I love hearing about Lee, uh, Trey talking about his mom's pubis. <laughs> I love hearing Skeets rattle off basketball dick puns. And Tass turning into a bare naked lady the other day was disturbing, <laughs> but pure gold. And uh, to be honest, I brought, I brought out the guitar Tass uh, to mm. um, to try to clean that up a bit because it was driving me crazy. You just plucking on the one small <laughs> ukulele string, but uh, but I couldn't do it because your uh, your rhythm was a little off. I have to say, so yeah, I wasn't trying to play it. No, uh, no I but, know that it's, it's very clear that you weren't trying to play it. But what were you gonna do? What were you gonna? Do? I was gonna overdub. I was gonna overdub some some acoustic guitar. Well, you were wow. gonna fly down Matteo, do a little quick. Oh, I was. I considered getting him on the horn there. Wow. But uh, but anyway, so sorry. Tangents. <laughs> we, we can't have them anymore. We can't have them anymore. So uh, let's. You know what? I'm gonna stick to the script this time. And uh, so here we go. Okay. It says here. Ask your co-host when was the last time you shaved your balls? <laughs> Lee, when was the last time you shaved your balls? Well, uh, well, down to the uh, down to the skin. I mean, that's been a while. Well, that's been a while. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think I think I think we're all a little surprised just how much hair there is down there. Because you sort of <laughs> we're all surprised. Yeah. No, because you start trimming. Uh, you know, you you lift, you lift, and you sort of go further and further and further back. You know, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. It's Next thing you know, just... you're you're trimming your your butt crack. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah. And uh, and if you ever nick yourself, oh, oh my god! god. Yeah. Not with yeah. the lawnmower three point. No, you can't do no. it with the lawnmower. Skin That's safe technology. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I know, but see, I you know before I had the uh, lawnmower three point, I used to just use a razor blade. Yeah. Uh, it's you're a madman. Man, not yeah. for long though. Not for long. You know, it's like the scene from the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Mm, well, because exactly. I used to, it, it used to be one that would be downgraded from the facial shave, and you're like, now I can use it for the other areas. But then you're like, no, I actually need a clean blade for downstairs too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's crazy. You don't want to. You yeah. don't want to get that. You don't want to put that one back in the shower either. No. Later on, when you're like, oh, hang on a minute. Ugh, no. yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Way to stick to the script. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a mistake. Right now, you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic twenty at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code theathletic twenty. The number twenty. Take your grooming game to the next level. Oh, man. When was the last time you shaved, Lee? Oh, down to the skin? <laughs> yeah. I think. Down to the well, skin. it starts off, you sort of just trim up, don't you? <laughs> you? You do. You trim up and you think, oh, that'll be enough. And then you're like, oh, I might as well go a little bit further. But then, uh, you know. 
What do you I'm mean? Get that out of hand. I don't know what you mean by that. Well, like when you first do it, the first time you, you, you trim up downstairs, you just sort of you just get the scissors and you cut and you go, all right, I've just shortened it. But then uh, you're like, you. well, I may as well go a bit so, further. Yeah, you've seen the bushes outside of the front of his house, right? Because it's a nice, beautiful big bush. And then he starts cutting uh, away. I'll just pull back. I'll trim mm-hmm. up here. And then by the end, it's nothing. Yeah, it's a stump. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Listen, I'm happy we did these ads over and over because the funniest comment that came from it was uh, someone way back when, years ago when we started these Manscaped ads, who said, Lee reminds me of my dad because <laughs> he's Australian and he talks and talks and talks and talks. <laughs> he asked me. He asked me. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. No, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying this one in general. But, uh, two, two comments. Uh, first, Rachel came in at the uh, beginning of your ad read, JD, when you, you started talking about your mom's, mom's pubis, mm. she, she recoiled and got the heck out of yeah. it. Uh, second thing. She's going to nope. paint that photo right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I gotta get a Mons pubis series from her. <laughs> uh, at each stage of the uh, the shave. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like those multiple. Oh, uh, yeah, when you start, you don't go down to the skin. You just trim it back a little, a little. Um, what was the second? Okay, well, who cares about my son? Well, okay, it's my my guitar is bigger than a ukulele, but it's not a full size guitar. What's that called? What's that mid? What's that mid range? Well, how many? How called? many strings are on it? It's a four. I think. Yeah, that's not a guitar. That's a ukulele. This maybe it's six. I think it's like it might be a an alto ukulele. Maybe is that a thing? I've never. I'm not. I'm not. It's definitely not a standard uke. Yeah, it's bigger than that. Yeah, no, it looked bigger. I was like, what the hell is he holding? Is it a toy guitar? But anyways. No, anyways, cool story. Make your ukulele look better with manscaped. (laughs) Turn your ukulele into a life-size guitar with manscaped. Shave two of those strings off with Um, manscaped. These are working, by the way. Believe it or not, these crazy ad reads are working. We, we had someone on Twitter say, you guys sold it. And he shared the order confirmation that he uh, pulled the plug and, uh, and finally got some manscaping uh, products there. So Awesome. It's a great it. product. It is a great product. It is. It is. <laughs> it's the best in its class, if you ask me. <laughs> Specifically I mean, the lawnmower 3.0. Can I be honest? I'm already looking forward to the lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> what are they going to do next? That's just me. That's just... Are you going to trade in your 3.0 then or just uh, donate that? <laughs> donate it? Oh, where am I? Goodwill? Oh, I guess so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll donate yeah. it. There's got to be a trade back or something like that. Let's uh, let's get to the next question here. G'day, no Dunkarinos, longtime listener since I discovered you guys on the NBA YouTube channel in the starters days and a third time emailer. In the most recent beach stepping, Tass mentioned that the Nuggets could use a player like Drew Holiday to pair alongside Jamal Murray. As a Nuggets fan, I'd been thinking about a trade for Holiday for a couple of months, and Tass's words spurred me into action and inspired me to fire up the good old trade machine. This led me to a classic. Who says no? Yeah, here we go. The Nuggets get Drew Holiday. The Pelicans get Gary Harris, Bates Giop, Bowl Bowl, and the 22nd overall pick in this year's draft. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Ramiz from Bathurst, Australia. Wow. Yes. Bathurst, where is that? Uh, it's in New South Wales. That's where they have the uh, the big race up Mount Panorama. It's the uh, like the NASCAR, Oscar race. Yeah. Uh, a big sort of touristy spot if you're uh, a, a petrol head. 
<laughs> All right, cool. That's what they call the petrol heads. Yeah, yeah, I like it. You, what, you're into cars, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, the big V8s, though, not the Formula Ones. Oh. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so who says <laughs> who says no? I mean, I don't mind. Like, I'm I'm really interested to get your take, Task, because again, you you had talked about the idea of getting Drew Holiday. Um, to the Nuggets. Now, this was before. They moved on to the next round, and maybe it looked like they were going to lose that. But what, what do you think? Is there something here? Is this too much? I mean, it really depends what you think of Bull Bull, I guess. Some people think he's going to be a superstar, and other people, uh, you know, not convinced. Um, what about that type of package, though, for a Drew Holiday? Does that work for you? I think they're giving up uh, one of those prospects too much. I think they would try and keep at least Bates Jop, at the very least, or the pick. Uh, okay, but I will say, I think on the whole, I think it sort of makes sense. Uh, I think uh, Gary Harris, who is who was injured a while back, but now he's showing the Nuggets uh, what he can do, and he's showing the Pelicans what he can do. I think uh, he could be uh, the type of player you put beside Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, a defensive guard. Uh, he's doing a really good job on Jordan Clarkson right now. He, they probably don't win that series if he doesn't come back. Uh, they're... They're understanding what what they are there in Denver, how they sort of have to balance things around. And and those guys, I mentioned uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, they need defenders around them. So that makes sense. And I think Drew Holiday, he's older. Uh, I think they need to trade him at some point. I just don't think he fits the timeline. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've seen Drew, peak Drew Holiday, which is very good. Um, but he ha- he's not going to help them win a playoff series I don't know, anytime soon or even in a couple of years when they're peak Pelicans. So I think Gary Harrison return plus a bull bull and a pick, it's pretty equal. But I would be a little bit worried if I was Denver, how much I'm giving up. Like I would definitely want to retain one of those younger pieces if I'm uh, if I'm trying to make an even trade. Hmm. Yeah, what do you think, Trey? Would people look at this who says no and go, whoa, 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 that's way too much that the Nuggets would be giving up here. Do you agree or disagree with that? I don't know. I think this is a great trade. I think it's pretty fair because, you know, to get a player of Drew Holiday's caliber, you have to actually give some stuff up. And he's got a couple of years left on his deal. I think he would be an awesome fit next to Jamal Murray, you know. Drew doesn't need the ball all the time, and he's going to bring it defensively. gives you a little bit upgrade offensively over Gary Harris. Which is why I kind of actually think New Orleans says no, because they would be giving up the best player here. Drew Holiday is an established player. He would likely have had more all-star appearances had he played more of his career in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, I think we've seen that Gary Harris is going to be able to bring it defensively, but his offense is going to be really hit or miss. I don't know what you're going to get with Keita Bates' job. And Bull Bull is still a mystery, right? He looked incredible in these seeding games, but Mike Malone doesn't trust him enough to give him any run in the playoffs. As for a 22 number... Number 22 pick, that's that's hit or miss as well. Usually more so than miss. So I don't know. I feel like uh, Drew Holiday is worth a little bit more than what Denver would be giving up. But I don't know. This is, this is fair. This looks good to me. This looks like both teams are giving up things that they're really invested in, things that they're interested in, in order to get something that would help their team. Call it in. Trey says, call it in, Lee. What call do you it think? in. Call yeah, it in. I, I, the thing with Holiday is he doesn't really fit the Pelicans timeline, but he also doesn't really fit the Nuggets timeline either, I don't think, right now, because I think they're still a little bit further away. So by the time Drew's been there for a couple of years, he's then into his early 30s as Jamal and Nikola Jokic get into their sort of late 20s. So I'm not quite sure there. But on the surface, on the on paper, I think it is a reasonable deal. The only thing is, yeah, is how good do you think Bol Bol is or could be? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I think he's actually going to be 
decent, I think. I think he's shown enough that there's a lot there's a lot to like there. So if I'm the Nuggets, I probably wouldn't give up on him just yet. Maybe Bates you up, you say, okay, we'll throw in one of those guys. But I'll just hang on to Bol Bol. Uh, give him a couple more years. See if he can be more than just what we saw in the, those couple of bubble moments. But, you know, he can defend. He's got a reasonable handle for a big guy, and he shoots that three with confidence. But will those develop enough to become a reliable role player? Then if so, I think he becomes a very valuable piece. If not, then it's like, well, you know, he's, he's probably not much more than a guy who can just give you some minutes in in, uh, in garbage time or in not non-important moments. But uh, I, I, I'm intrigued by Bol Bol. I think, uh, I, I think there's a little something there with him. Yeah, but that's the only way this trade actually happens, in my opinion. The, the Pelicans... If they if the if the Nuggets go, we're not putting Bull Bull into the mix here. It's Gary Harris, it's Bates Giop, and it's the pick. Then I think they're like, that's not enough. I mean, but the Bull Bull angle is like, hmm, okay, obviously fits our timeline. He could mm. be something here. Okay, maybe we got something happening. I think, but I think if Bull Bull's removed, like you guys are saying, and wisely, because the Nuggets are going to try to hold on to a piece here, uh, one of the pieces. But I just don't think the Pelicans would make that move if it, if it is. But this currently constructed, like Trey's saying, it's not bad. It it really isn't that bad. I don't know how much it really moves the needle for either team, I guess, if I'm being completely honest. But it's a trade. <laughs> Trades happen all the time where you're just like, oh, let's shake it up a little bit. And it gets Drew to the Nuggets. And Tassa, that's what started that question. So thanks for that. Who says no? One of the better ones I think we've gotten there. So <laughs> congrats to Ramiz. <laughs> all right, next one here. What up, podcast song dunks? Trey's ad read for Grammarly got me thinking. Why are names so short? Not just <laughs> yours, but most NBA players too. It feels like every other name you guys say is only one or two syllables. And if they have a longer name, you always opt for a shorter nickname. I could only think of one reason. The NBA has a bias for people who have shorter names. So I did what any reasonable person would. I counted the amount of syllables of all players' last names. Here's the breakdown. One syllable, 92. Two syllables, 235. Three syllables, 91. Four, 25 players. Five syllables, five players. Six syllables, three players. A stunning 60% of NBA players had last names, two syllables or less. And I didn't even take into account those who were given shorter nicknames. You thought getting into the NBA was hard? Imagine trying to get in with a massive name. Was my hard work <laughs> worth it? Absolutely not. Which brings me to my question. When was a time you put in a decent amount of effort into something only to realize you wasted your time by the end of it? Me reading that email. Just kidding. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much, Nick, for doing all that hard work. I'm with you, man. Nick from New Jersey sending in his syllable work. Skeets. Can you think of something you put effort into only to see it blow up in your face? Yeah, every single No Dunks podcast. <laughs> I don't know, a lot of the times, I, uh, at the end of it, I was like, why did I put all that pre-work into it? That was sort of pointless. Uh, uh, it's not really needed half the time. Uh, maybe, it, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, but I just wanted back to the syllable thing. I need to know, Nick, like of at least America, I guess. I mean, really the world. What? What's the breakdown for everybody? You know, when it comes to names, like, is it sixty percent of the world's names are two syllables or less? Like, then that would just check out completely right for our NBA, uh, you know, breakdown here from him. Mm. But without knowing that, it's like, uh, who's to say? I mean, this could be. For all we know, this could be low tasks. It could be. There could be. 75% of the world could be two syllables or less. Yep. Probably not, but it could be. We, we need all the numbers. Come on, you can't go 
you can't go half shoe on us. You got to go full shoe man. Full shoe man. Yeah. Sounds like you got some work to do, Nick. Email us back when you check the number of syllables for every living person's name. Yeah. It'll be worth it. Keep you busy for a bit. That does sound accurate. What, what yeah, two or less? Uh, no, I, th- I think two or less is probably the majority of people in the in I see, well, yeah. the Western world. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's say, exactly yeah. right. This is where I'm, it gets a little tricky. Yeah, in like the Middle East and Asia, they have all sorts of different lengths of names and things like that. So <laughs> yes, yeah, the world is big. Uh, yeah, actually, reading this, the world is very large. Uh, <laughs> reading this question made me think of you, Lee. How many syllables are in your last name? Ellis, one and a half. <laughs> 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 you, always, you always claim that there's only one syllable yeah. in your Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, it's, it's just one, right? Well, one syllable. <laughs> no, it's two. Anyway, maybe that's right. Ellis, you say Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, yeah, I don't know how Nick from New Jersey would count Ellis, but mm. it should be right. two. Yeah, great, great, great point. How fast was he saying all the <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, any other answers uh, to this? Yeah, my stupid garden out on the balcony. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. I, I, like, you know, every time, every springtime, you get excited, right? This year is going to be the year for the garden, you know? And basil, like, that grows easily enough. So does mint. Uh, one but the to- Yeah. <laughs> but the tomatoes, the, the tomatoes, you know, that I've planted, I, I always just use the seeds from somewhere else. They always start off growing really well, like the plants growing. You know, I put the compost on there. Things are looking great. You see a few little bulbs uh, starting to show there. I've, I've eaten two tomatoes off my tomato plant this season. I've had probably, I've had probably fifty like of the yellow bulbs where you're like they should all just bloom into tomatoes, but they're just they're getting yellow and then they're just dying. And I'm like, what am I doing mm. wrong here? Mm. Some people say don't put too much water, and so I'm like, okay, I swear to God, every single day when it says there's no rain coming, if I put water in, pours with rain guaranteed, hundred <laughs> percent. Never has that once gone wrong. So then I ended up flooding it. <laughs> But then uh, there are other times, you know, like like too much sun, not enough sun. Well, they like a lot of sun. Well, they get tons of sun in my place. So, you know, do I need to put them behind something so they don't get too much sun? So it's really driving me crazy. I've got uh, right now, I've got four tomatoes. Three of them are just tiny and they've stopped growing and they're still green. I'm like, what? What, what the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I'm doing everything I can. I'm feeding that plant. I'm giving it everything I'm supposed to be doing, but it just won't quite kick on. But the two tomatoes I've had, delicious. Great. Mm. But... I mean, two tomatoes. I've been doing this like now for like six months. It feels, and every morning I'm out there. Okay, how much moisture is in there? What is what's the forecast for today? All right, I'm going to leave it. If I leave it, guaranteed it will not rain. Hundred percent. If I pour water in it, hundred percent guarantee it will rain. So, yeah, it's driving me mad. It's driving wow. me mad. Are you going to give up? I can't. I can't. I just can't. That's Damn, the problem. Yeah, that's the spirit. Yeah, I just can't stop. But. Uh, you fertilizing? You got to fertilize. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I have the compost on there, you know, mm. and, and, and after you put the compost on and it rains, like you can just see the plant is like, it's really, you know, stands up tall because it's getting so it's, it's, it's getting the nutrients. Yeah. But then I was, then I was talking to dad not too long ago and dad was like, well, the problem sometimes with the compost is, is it really can like, um, fulfill the leaves, but you don't want to put too much on there. Because then you won't get the actual tomato. So I'm like, oh my Your god! Your compost now- is entirely bananas, too. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> oh man, man, man. So it's uh, it's one of those things. You're like, come on! I've, I, I should be. I should have had way more tomato. I should be sick to death 
of tomatoes like my kids are sick to death of basil because we have basil on everything now. I've got so <laughs> much basil weed, man. They'll grow anyway. oh yeah sorry yeah. kids no tomatoes basil again <laughs> pesto again oh Jesus alright well, that sounds frustrating for sure yeah. so you're growing it in a pot right yeah. you said it's on your balcony yeah, yeah. okay well, good luck I don't know if you have any tips there for him Trey you're, you're the you're the garden man of the group uh, the only thing I can suggest is don't let your squirrels eat your tomatoes. That's our battle we got going on right now. But uh, you either got to water them more or water them less and make sure that the sun is there or not there. It's hard to tell. <laughs> but it's one of those things. My guess is you're watering too much, if I had to take a guess. You generally want to underwater if you can. Yeah, so that's what I think I was doing. And then I really pulled back. And now it's like, I think, uh, now I think it's dry as anything. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's tomatoes. I mean, I should be able to grow tomatoes. Okay. Sounds like okay. you got to do some pruning. The people in the YouTube chat are saying you got to do some pruning. Do you Man's have to go down to the soil? <laughs> Man's I, I need the lawnmower out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other answers for this? What, what we got here? No, mine was compost related, and I'm not. I'm not talking All compost right. anymore. Yeah. Mine actually was uh, lawn related, and I'm not talking <laughs> lawn anymore. All right, all Get right, her right. out of here. I actually have a call coming up here soon, so we got to wrap this up. All right, a couple more. Uh, what's up, baby hook boys? This season has made me think a lot about when LeBron actually retires. Undoubtedly, one of the all-time greats of the game. It's going to be awful to eventually see him hang up his size 15s and walk away from the game. He's been the one constant of the NBA ever since I started watching the game. And as a Beantown boy, yeah, F you too, Skeets, uh, I've watched some of his most transformative games. However, in a way, I'm sort of looking forward to that day. Every time a photo of LeBron pops up on Instagram, every time a stat of his is shared on Facebook, every time LeBron makes a bleeping free throw, it is accompanied by hundreds of comments of comparing him to Michael Jordan. And I'm sick of it. It's clear that for the general basketball community, appreciating greatness isn't satisfactory. There is a need to decide who sits on top of the mountain. I'm hoping that once he does retire, the conversation at least dies down for a little bit. What do you guys think about that? That's from Tom in Sydney, Australia. Shout out to Australia once again. What do you got, Trey? What do you think of this? I got bad news for you, Tom. Whenever LeBron retires, it's only going to get worse. We're going to be talking about LeBron versus Jordan until all of us pass away. Uh, there's no doubt about that in my mind. By the time LeBron retires, he's going to likely be the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. He's going to be top five, top ten in just about every category there is. He'll likely lead all NBA players in appearances in the All-Star game. You know, he's at, I think, 16 now. The record is 19, so that's another four seasons because LeBron will be an All-Star every single year he plays. He'll be the first guy to play on the same court as his son, and when he retires, who knows how many titles he's going to end up with. Who knows if he'll pick up another MVP, another finals MVP here or there. But with what he's got now and the fact that he will have all of these incredible statistical milestones in his favor, you're going to hear it for sure. LeBron himself said that he thought he was the best player in the history of the game when he led the, the Cavs to the 3-1 championship. When he, uh, the 2016 year, sorry, I'm getting helicoptered here. It's driving me crazy. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be talking about LeBron versus Jordan for as long as we live. I mean, surely there will be another player 20 years from now that gets in the mix as well. But these two are always going to be linked together since they came kind of one right after each other. The the perfect player for each of their respective eras. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. This ain't going anywhere just because LeBron <laughs> eventually retires. No, but there will be more people that sort of take that vacuum fill that space like as far as current players go there will be 
regardless, even if LeBron is gone, if you follow basketball culture, there's still going to be those Instagram posts comp- uh, comparing this guy to that guy. It, it's just a part of the way we talk about basketball. And it's annoying. I agree. I think even Dame Lillard, who is hitting shots in a bubble, this unprecedented bubble, he's hitting shots, doesn't even get his team to the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, he got his team to the playoffs. It doesn't get his team past the first round. And we couldn't even just appreciate him for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had to compare him to Steph Curry for some reason. That was the talk. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Steph Curry? And that comparison isn't the point, even though it's a strange one. The, the point is, that's how basketball talk goes. It's it's just that's where it goes. And, and I do find it annoying, but that's it's just these extremes of this person ha- needs to be in a conversation versus another person. They have to be butting heads. They have to be uh, up against each other. So LeBron may go, but someone will replace that vacuum. Like, you know, Kevin Durant's going to come back and, and there'll be talk about that. There, um, I get the the LeBron is, you know, in the conversation for the greatest ever. And that's sort of a different conversation. Um, but even if you don't follow... Uh, that I, I think that will sort of be distant from like the everyday conversation that we're in. We'll be talking about other guys in some sort of comparative nature. Like that is going to continue to happen no matter what. You agree with that, Lee? <clears throat> yeah, maybe uh, Bronny Jr. is going to be the next big star to come along mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, you look at like Steph Curry. He was better than his dad, Dell. So maybe Bronny Jr. will be better than his dad, Bron. And uh, in 20 years, we'll have Bron versus Bron versus Michael for the GOAT. And that'd, be a, <laughs> that'd be a fun conversation, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, man, that would get mad confusing very yeah. quickly. Wait, yeah. wait, what Bron are you talking about? Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. sorry, man. It's not going anywhere, though. We'll be <laughs> always comparing those two, for sure. And just follow some different Instagram accounts. I think that will help. Uh, because you go to that search on the Instagram page, or I don't know if it's or the Instagram uh, options there. I don't know if it's Discover or it's Search, whatever it's called. The first things that pop up for me are, whoa, this player did this thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like it is, there's always a player's face and there's a huge caption that's attributed to some rumor of something. And it just gets, yeah, just don't go down that rabbit hole. Get off Facebook. Excuse me. Anyways, moving on. Um, This guy doesn't know about Michael Jordan. His name is Malachi. Hi, I'm Malachi. I'm 10 years old, and I love listening to your podcast while I play basketball. This is my first time texting. I guess we text instead of email now. I don't know. I'm. Is that what they do? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's texting us. Since my mom got me onto your podcast, and now I'm addicted. Whoa. Is there something that you were addicted to once upon a time? I'm from Ontario, Canada. Go Raps. That's from Malachi again. So, Lee... Was there something that you were addicted to? Yeah, well, so before I answer this, I want to say I think I've been fortunate in my life that I've never been chronically addicted to something. Because I have seen people who have been really addicted to, like, alcohol or drugs or something else. And it can really ruin their life. It can really set them off track. So I don't want to sort of belittle what addiction really is. Because, uh, as I say, I think I've had impulses and things like that without one that's sort of uh, threatened to derail my life. But... Uh, when I was about um, 19 or 20, and I was an asthmatic as a kid, so anytime anything that, that restricts your breathing, I used to panic and freak out about. But when I started going out to clubs and bars and things like that, and this is when everyone smoked everywhere you went, originally I was like, no, I'm not going to smoke. But then, you know, someone offers you a smoke one night, you're end of the night and you're drunk, and you're like, sure. And uh, it's sort of like just one smoke. And then a couple of weeks later, someone offers you a smoke a bit earlier in the night. Yeah, why not? I have another cigarette. And then pretty quickly before I realized it, I was smoking <laughs> like 
regularly throughout the wow. night when when I was drinking. And, uh, and, and, and the reason why I say I, I refer this to as an addiction, because there were, there were the traits there of an addiction. It was like you denied that it was a, an addiction at mm-hmm. first. There's triggers, the alcohol and the social occasion. Because outside of that, if I wasn't drinking or if I wasn't at a bar or a club, I wouldn't smoke just, uh, you know, just now. Like I wouldn't go outside and have a cigarette. And there was also that sort of like, you know, you're trying to hide it from people as well. Like someone say, oh, I saw you smoking. Like, nah, nah, nah. You know, and you say so you don't, you sort of pretend it's not really an addiction. Sure. And uh, it, it, I realized I was in, I actually went to London when I was about 21 or 22. And uh, I was supposed to meet up with my brother one night, but he called and canceled for some reason late. So I just went to a pub by myself and I had a pint and I was like, I've, I was like, I need a cigarette. So I went to the cigarette machine, bought a pack of John Player specials, I remember. And, <laughs> and I went, I was just sitting at the bar, drinking away, smoking to myself, went through like half a pack that night. And I, and I went home, I got, I got kind of pretty bombed to be there by myself. And I went home and when I woke up the next morning, I was staying at my grand's house, the, the cigarette packet was under my pillow. And I was like, that was kind of like one of those things. I was like, okay, this is actually now, like there was nobody there I was really talking to. I was just kind of just out by myself. And that's when I realized I've actually now become a smoker, like a social smoker. Wow. And so I sort of had to, uh, I sort of, that was, I didn't sort of stop right then, but it was, that was the sort of the realization point where I was like, all right, I've got to stop this. Uh, and so slowly I did, but uh, it was one of those things when you, again, when you start drinking and it becomes such a habit, it was so hard at the start to just cut that out because I knew I had to do it. If I could do it, when I, if I could stop smoking while I was drinking, I knew I could beat it. Uh, and eventually I did. But, you know, this sort of dragged on for like 18 months, which is not that long. But uh, for, for someone who sort of considered myself not an addict and not a smoker, I was socially smoking there for yeah, quite a while yeah. so uh, I mean, this sounds so crazy to me because you're like the healthiest guy <laughs> that i a different know. era of popping packs yeah, yeah exactly but it's uh <laughs> but uh, you know you, you don't like that's the thing i think with a lot of addictions is you don't realize that it's an addiction or because you don't tell yourself it is you still just think right. oh, i'm in control of this i'm you know because i wasn't like so i wasn't smoking during the day or any other time but it went to the point where it was like have a sip of beer, a sip of beer. Yeah. It's like, all right, who's got a cigarette? Who's got a cigarette? You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I you were to... a smoker for what, 18 months? Oh, he's like, like... like, I mean, yeah, no, like like a couple of times a week for sure. Right. You know, I remember my uh, my friend Louis who used to smoke a pack a night. Louis, like he's smoked <laughs> a pack a day forever. And and he was like, oh, I would, you know, if I didn't have any, I'd just say, Louis, come on, give me a smoke. And he would say, no, you, you keep taking them off me. And I'm like, Nah, 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 nah. But you don't realize you're probably end up having five or ten of those a night, which again is not many for a, a chronic smoker, but for a, a non-smoker, that was uh, quite a few. Yeah. Wow. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you were honest there with this one. Uh, mine was talking about battle bots. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great era. <laughs> I mean, I got really into battle bots. And uh, look, maybe I wasn't honest with myself. Maybe I really wish I was in BattleBots making the BattleBots. Uh, but I was thinking about BattleBots, I'm surprised, didn't have a moment here during the pandemic. Because it seems to me like the perfect sport uh, that you could do at a social distance, right? I mean, I mean, I get it. Like, they've got to build their teams together. So I guess you're around your teammates there. But if you could just build your own BattleBot and then stand on the opposite sides of this cage while your machines battle each other... I mean, that seems perfect to me. So what happened to BattleBots? And that's... Oh, this guy's choking. Just like uh, the memories. Nah, the smoke, memory smoker's guy. cough. <laughs> Stop smoking around your tomatoes. No wonder that I can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. 
<laughs> just thinking of those Johnnies. Ah, oh, man. Uh, the Johnny okay. players. Anyway, any other <laughs> answers here? I got. I legit got to get going. <laughs> what no, happened no, to no. those bots? Uh, what happened to those bots? Anyway, uh, I was. You should watch Cornhole on ESPN. Why? It fills the void of battle bots. It's, not, it's totally different, man. No, these guys are good. I watched one full game and then turned that off. I actually was, think they're too good. Yeah, they makes are, it, yeah. It's almost not entertaining because it's like they hit every shot. It feels like. Mm-hmm. I guess they screw yeah. up every once in a while, but. Yeah, they can push. They can push a random in. That's the only really entertaining part. Is if there's one on a board yeah. that the the good guys can find a way to get them both in the hole. How do they do it? Anyway, yeah, because they, their trajectory, they'll switch it. Right. Sometimes they'll lob it like super high. They'll come in fast. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That part <laughs> nice. is cool. I'll agree nice. with you on that. Um, I'll, I'll quickly answer this question. What I was addicted to was finishing podcasts. I would never ever leave a podcast half listened to mm. my completion rate was a hundred percent and i would <laughs> and i would call it an addiction because I, I just couldn't i couldn't have anything unfinished and on my phone and uh i hated it but I, i've broken free I've broken free uh, <laughs> which unfinished a, left and right yeah it oh, feels, I mean, it feels I, much better i can't you know people have like it says on their phone like five thousand messages in their uh, email yeah. or like I can't I can't sleep at night if I have like a little <laughs> tiny little alert button. You know, it, it's a problem. It's it's not good. But that's sort of similar to I don't know if I had that problem where I couldn't I had to finish the podcast, but I couldn't I couldn't have any sort of like alert up on my any of my mm-hmm. apps. You know what I mean? It's yeah, the weirdest yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It drives me insane. But do you have an answer for this one, Trey? I used to drink like a thousand diet cokes in a year. That's way too many Diet Cokes. Wow. Now I drink zero, basically. Um, but I don't like, know. Like about... Coke, Coke Zero? <laughs> <laughs> no, not even that. I know it's disrespectful to say in Atlanta, but I'm not consuming very many Coke products in general. Wow. And I don't know. I mean, now I just drink a lot of water. A lot of sparkling water was kind of the first step on my health journey now that I think back on it. I just woke up one morning and there was a can of Diet Coke underneath my pillow and... I knew I had gone too far. Uh, I was trying to find out if this spin drift I'm drinking is a Coke product. Because, you know, they, they, really, mm. they can trick you a lot of the yeah. time. I hope not, because I do consume this. Yeah, I don't think that's rem- Remember with soft drink tray, that's the thing. Every now and again, you just got to pop open a can, drink half of it, and then leave it. Just say, that's it. I'm in control. Don't mm. drink. Don't, don't finish it off. You know, it's bad. For I think you. of you every time I do that. Actually, every time I have a little bit of a pop, a little sody, a little sody pop, I'm like, I'm not finishing this one. Lee wouldn't. Then I go downstairs, mm-hmm. hop on the toilet backwards, and let her rip. <laughs> and then get the little mower out and go to work. Final one. Final one. Hey, no Dunkarinos. I have a friend who moved out of Australia when he was 12, and he recently told me about Australian Santa Claus, who wears flip-flops and has dolphins pull his sleigh instead of reindeer. He says the lead dolphin is named Rudolphin. <laughs> I'm going crazy looking this up because I can't tell if this is a joke. Lee, what's the deal, man? Is he messing with me? Turn up. Love y'all. It's from Mikey in Austin. Is there an Australian Santa Claus, Lee? Uh, not not like that. It certainly wasn't like that when I grew up. We had the traditional Santa Claus with reindeer and stuff like that. Yeah. But what, what I will say is that what uh, a, a joke from Australians to Americans used to be was that we would ride kangaroos to school and put like our books and bags in the pouch of the kangaroo. And it was amazing how many times Americans would be kind of like, 
Sort of like, are you messing with me or not? But if you just kept up the joke long enough, they would buy it. So, but I never heard about the dolphins uh, with Santa Claus. No, no, I don't remember that. But you know, maybe somewhere up northern Australia where it's always hot. But, so, it, but then again, it's summer in Australia. Yeah, was your yeah. Santa Claus wearing boots or was he wearing flip flops? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was always wearing boots. Yeah, because it's Christmas. It's summertime during Christmas. So, but yeah, yeah we never we, we never had the dolphin. Yeah, so. So you're saying if you were dressing up as a Santa Claus in a mall in Australia, obviously during the summer in Australia, yeah. around Christmas, like they're sweating balls. Well, there's you know it's air conditioned and all that in the in the shopping center. <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, they're they're wearing the boots. They're they're wearing the full the full kit. You know, wow. I don't remember like a uh, they're they're not like NBA coaches. You know where they're uh, underdressed. <laughs> They've got the full suit on. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for your questions. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. If you haven't already, make sure you check out Wednesday's No Dunks Daily podcast where we talked about the action, the game seven between the Nuggets and Jazz on Tuesday. And we talked about the Raptors loss and a lot of fun stuff on that one. So make sure you download and listen to that. Just subscribe to the podcast wherever you do. Thanks so much to uh, some of you out there that joined us twice today live on YouTube for this as well. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Hit that notification button so you know when your boys are going live. And uh, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, Apple, leave us a five-star rating and review. Really, really does help us out in terms of ranking. So thank you so much for everyone that has done that already. Clipper Bros! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, friend of that guy... Uh, that Australian guy, we outed you. We outed you. There's no rude dolphins. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus, full kit. And uh, flip-flops? Ridiculous. Probably a smoker, too. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. <laughs> you could stay.